Welcome to our second episode of Wrestling with Worldwide Willis. It's a tongue twister, I know. I know. It's a lot of W's in there. It's all right. Take it slow. Wrestling with Worldwide Willis. Yeah, man, but this is our second episode. It's happening, guys. You know, it always feels real when you have your second episode. Your first one, it's easy to do, but we're trying to stay consistent over here. So that's that's the goal. But yeah, I appreciate you listening. Appreciate you tuning in, uh, whatever you may be doing. I do appreciate you for clicking on us, clicking play. So today we're going to talk about a few different things, kind of break some things down. So what we want to do, what I'm going to try to do weekly is break, is trying to give you like matches of the week, matches I watched throughout the week that I thought were really good. Some may be from weekly television. Some may be, some may have happened two days ago. Some of them may be a match I caught you know, from 1998 Royal Rumble. And I just thought of it, saw it, thought it was great, thought I should bring it up, right? So matches of the, matches of the week will be a segment we'll uh, keep adding on to, but I hope to bring that in. So today we'll talk about matches of the week. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit of NXT. We'll touch on some NXT stuff, uh, kind of dig into that. Uh, we'll touch on Night of Champions, which is the next pay-per-view coming up, I, I think on May 27th. Um, in Saudi Saudi Arabia, and then lastly, we'll touch on top five, our top fives. So this is also a segment I want to add to the podcast. Where at the end of every episode, I'm going to add a, you know, it'll be a different top five uh, topic, right? So it might be top five wrestlers of all time. It may be something way more specific. It may be top five uh, heels of all time top five baby faces, whatever, right? So we're just going to, you know, switch it up from week to week. But to end every episode, we're going to do a top five. You know, if you know me, you know, I got a top five ready for literally anything, right? So, and this will be pretty easy for me. Um, So, yeah. So to start us off, again, we'll touch on matches of the week. So to start off, I watched a little bit of NXT this week. Um, and I watched Dijak versus Dragonoff, which is on, I think, last week's episode of NXT, I believe. And man, really good match. Dijak versus Dragonoff, really physical. Wasn't a super long match, but it was extremely physical. You could tell those guys like really trusted each other. They were they weren't holding back. Like Dragonoff is really physical. He's kind of Gunther style. He's very like if you watch like British wrestling, like they're very into extremely physical matches like they don't hold back they don't pull punches they don't try to they try to make things look as realistic as possible and so the chops were were you know full force you know what i mean the hits were full force like they weren't trying to hurt each other but they were you know dijak left that match or really hurt you know so dragon versus dijak was a really fun match um i believe i forgot who my winner was in that one uh, actually, no, I think uh, Dijak just got DQ'd, right? It was a really good match back and forth, really technical, two really good wrestlers, really physical. But then Dijak, who is the heel, um, whips out a chair, starts hitting Dragonoff with the chair, actually puts the steel steps on top of Dragonoff, excuse me, to uh, kind of choke him out. So it was a really, really fun match. And it added to the story. So it wasn't just a, a barn burner and no story. Like, it added to the to the storyline. So those two will be going against each other, I'm sure, moving forward. 
Uh, I think for their next pay-per-view they're going to have is Battleground, NXT Battleground. So I'm sure, you know, that might be on the card. We'll see. Um, another match that night was Tyler Bate versus Charlie Dempsey. This is, if you used to watch the old school, like, NXT UK, this is a classic NXT UK match. Like, very choreographed, but still physical, right? Like, I think the first, like, 30 seconds was just both of them going back and forth, back and forth. Like, both of these guys are extremely, like, elite technical wrestlers. So they're not doing – they can do the high-flying stuff. Well, Tyler Bay can. Dempsey kind of prides himself to be more like a William Regal type, right? So they're both really technical. So they're, like, going back and forth, reversing each other's moves, kind of reading each other, kind of making it known that they know each other, right? Those two, that they have a past with each other. And I really like matches like that. Like, I like when they kind of tell the story of, like, you know, I know this guy, so I'm prepared for whatever move he does. I kind of have a, you know, uh, uh, I kind of have something for that, ready for that, right? So with Tyler Bate and Charlie Dempsey, you really got that. You really got to see that they they know each other. They have a background with each other. And it was just a fun match. Like, was it a lot of, like, craziness? No, it wasn't. But – it was fun to watch two dudes beat up on each other and do it in a really physical and really like tight way. Right. Like it wasn't where there were no botches. There were no, you know, uh, like, yeah, you know, he missed that. No, nah, that wasn't the case in this one. And this one, both of them did a really good job. Didn't give it a lot of time, but they did really well with the time they had. Um, another match, Seth versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. Versus Miz. This one I caught. Pretty good match. Pretty good match. I mean, anything Seth Rollins does, if you know me, you know Seth Rollins can do no wrong in my eyes. Like, as far as match quality, dude doesn't miss. Like, I'm I'm like, I just feel like the dude comes up with these matches himself. He has to. Right. You don't have that many good matches in a row consistently if you don't, if you're not a part of the creation of the match, the layout of the match. And then this one, you got Finn Balor and Miz. Like, these aren't chumps. Like, these, both these dudes are potential Hall of Famers. You know what I'm saying? So I, when you saw their names, you knew they were going to have a good match. You just didn't know how they were going to do it. And in this case, they did a really good job. Um, Seth came out with the win, but, you know, everybody got their stuff in. I think the Miz looked really good. I think he's kind of on a, a comeback, I think. Like, you know, when people think of the Miz, you don't necessarily think of, like, wrestling first. But dude can really wrestle. Like, there's a reason he's been around this long. You know what I mean? And so I thought he got his stuff in. Finn always looks great. Uh, his moveset is amazing. And, yeah, Seth, one of the best finishers out there. The stomp. It's so it's such a great finish, not because it just looks cool, but also he can, he can hit it in so many different ways, right? He can uh, – against Omos, he hit it from the top rope. Against uh, Matt Riddle, I think he hit it from the second row. From I think against when he was against Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley, he stepped. Bobby Lashley was like on the ground. Austin Theory was like a little bit away from him, but he was also on the ground, kind of like you know on all fours. And Seth Rollins jumped on Austin Theory's back to launch himself into the air, and then hit Bobby Lashley with the stomp. Like it was really cool, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I mean by like the versatility of the of the stomp kind of adds a whole different element to Seth Rollins, right? Um, he uses the pedigree as well, but 
I think the fan favorite is the Storm. Like, it just looks cool. Again, he can do it in so many different ways. Um, really good match, though. I will say, though, the match that stumped it was Edge versus AJ versus Rey Mysterio. Now, when you hear those names, you think, oh, man, this is a pay-per-view quality match. And that's what I thought. Um, both of these triple threats were to qualify. They're having this whole, like, qualifier slash tournament for uh, the World Heavyweight Championship match that is going to happen in either champions. And we'll touch on whoever made, who made it from those matches, who will be going against each other. But in this particular match, Edge versus AJ versus Rey Mysterio, really good match, man. Like I would suggest anybody you can, it was on the last week's SmackDown. Really fun. Like, you know, triple threat matches. I love triple threat matches. I know some people don't. They are convoluted. And especially if you have like, if you have like, I don't know, one good wrestler in there and two other kind of mid wrestlers, probably not going to be great. There's ways to make it great, but it's probably going to be, uh, you know, a lot of foolery going on, some interferences. No, The triple threat matches are, you know, no rules. So it's going to be a lot of foolery going on. But in this case, it was three of the best, three of the best of all time. Edge, AJ and Ray, like those are all all of famous. Like the day they lace, they put their boots, you know, lace up their boots, unlace their boots and give them away. They're going in the Hall of Fame like that day. You know what I'm saying? So to have these three in a match together, I'm sure they were just excited to be in the, in the ring together, right? And they really showed that. Like, a lot of the moves were done, like, you could tell they were choreographed, but it was also very, like, common sense way of going about a triple that match. Like, so one person would hit somebody with a move. Then the second, the, the third person would run in, and then get hit with a move, and then they'd use that person to hit the third person. Like, it was just really cool the way the match was laid out. Uh, it was one time where Edge got thrown out. AJ and Ray are going against each other. Uh, AJ grabs Ray Mysterio and, like, slides him out the ring, but, like, under the bottom rope, Ray slides out, like, on his stomach. Edge catches him, uh, right, catches his head, and hits him with a DDT on the outside, like, it was just really smooth, really seamless. It was just a really cool transition. I think they actually have a highlight of it on the WWE uh, Instagram, but so you can check that out. But really good stuff, man. I think, oh, yeah. So the winner was AJ Styles. We'll talk about how I feel about that later. But overall, for the match itself, amazing. Like a really good time. Just, I mean, this whole world championship thing, I love it. I love the thought of it, but I think the other, like, positive of having this new title, outside of it just being a new title and you having a title on both brands now, we get matches like this that we never would have gotten before, right? Like, there was no reason for Edge to go against AJ versus Ray. Like, there's no reason for those guys to go up, up against each other outside of it being a championship, like, match or a match to try to get to the championship. So I'm just glad that they're doing that. And then we're getting, like, top guys going against each other, right? Like, you know, not every match needs to have a great, like, weeks-long backstory behind it. To me, I love matches where all three dudes are trying to get a chip, trying to win the chip, trying to get to the championship. Like, I'm a competitive person, so I love to see 
on the screen, them showing us these these wrestlers are competitive. They want to grab the brass ring. They want to hold. They want to hold the belt. You know what I mean? So, and Edge, AJ, and Ray, like, of course they do. Like they're they want one last, you know, one last chance to hold that belt. You know, oh, and Edge, man, we'll talk about it. But going into this match, Edge put out an Instagram story, and it was beautiful. Honestly, like it was a great promo. So he basically talked about how. Like, so the new world championship, new world heavyweight championship, if you know what old big, the old championship belt used to look like, uh, that was what we used to call Big Goldie. So Big Gold, Big Goldie, whatever you want to call it. It basically came from WCW. It's a classic looking belt. If you know wrestling, you know what I'm talking about. Beautiful, probably the most beautiful wrestling championship there's ever been. And so Edge was just talking about how I think it was what was it uh 2011 2011 edge had won the championship and he had to give it up no one beat him he had to give it up because you know he had to retire due to medical reasons and basically in the instagram story he posted before this match he basically said like man when i saw that this new championship belt that they're putting down now he was like it reminded me of big goldie and i never lost that so he's like this kind of lit a fire under me to go for this championship. So that's why I want to win this title is because I never lost the title back in 2011. I had to, I had to give it up involuntarily due to medical reasons. I had to retire. So I had to vacate the championship, but seeing this title reminds me of that. And I really want to go towards that goal. And that was just, it was a great story. Like, you know what I mean? So I was rooting for him. Unfortunately, he lost to AJ Styles, but and we'll talk about that later. But I do think Edge was the Edge should have been the winner there. But we'll touch on that later. Um, but yeah, those are my matches of the week. Again, uh, Dijak versus Dragonoff, Tyler Bate versus Tyler, Charlie Dempsey, uh, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor versus Miz, and then finally Edge versus AJ versus Ray Mysterio. So yeah, so now we will touch on NXT. Now I got to say, folks, if you know, if you've been kind of tapped in with wrestling lately or in the last couple of years, maybe, um, NXT like started early on. I want to say early 2010s, early on. And it was, it was cool, you know, cool little second brand or you, you kind of saw up and comers. But then it became a thing, man, mid-2000s, 2015, 2016, 2017, all the way up to right, really 2019, maybe even 2020. Like NXT with the black and gold NXT, bruh, like that was that was better than anything else was out. Any, it was better than anything the main roster was doing. Anything, like Triple H was running NXT at the time. You had Shinsuke Nakamura. You had Kevin Owens. You had uh, Samoa Joe. You know, you had Adam Cole, you had Undisputed Era, you, you know, you had so many different and beautiful stories and wrestlers, Keith Lee, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, you know, Becky Lynch, all Four Horsemen, Sasha Banks, all of them came from NXT. And so, and it used to be more about, you know, all right, let's just get the best wrestlers here, wrestlers, put them on this brand, and let's just have the best wrestling show we can have. Right. We don't have a ton of pressure. 
We're not the main roster. We're not under Vince. We technically are, but he's not. He don't really give a damn about what we're doing here. He just cares about what Raw and SmackDown are doing. So it was just a beautiful. It was beautiful, man. Like you know, if you if you go to like Peacock and go look up old NXT like events, NXT Takeover events, bro. Like it gives you chills. The the craziness of the crowd, the level of the matches, all that beautiful. So when the pandemic happened, um, ratings went down a little bit, as they naturally would, right? People have other things to worry about, uh, like real-life issues, so they're probably not going to be as tuned in to wrestling. But ratings went down, so Vince decided, I'm going to just take away – oh, Triple H, I think he got sick or he he – oh, he had a heart issue, right? So he had to step away for a bit. Well, Vince took that opportunity to totally control, alt, delete all NXT, right? He was like, nah. He was like, nah, forget all this classic wrestling you are putting on. I just want stars. I just want this place to be an incubator for my future stars. I don't care about five-star classic matches. I don't care about none of that. I just want you to keep to make young stars that I can bring into the main roster and can make Big time stars. So that's what he did. And he revamped it, redid it all, right? Took away all the spirit of it. And I hated it. I hated it at first. Absolutely hated it. It was a bunch of young kids I never heard of. Half of them just started wrestling, right? Like they weren't, they didn't have a ton of vets. They just started wrestling. And it was a bunch of like D1 athletes who, you know, didn't, you know, finished up their career in college decided they wanted to go into wrestling and then NXT was kind of that showcase for them. So it definitely was a different vibe, right? I hated it at first. Now, I must say, I, I love it now. <laughs> I really do. Like I really enjoy it now. Um, I think it's kind of done a really good, it's morphed into something to where it's kind of a little bit of both. It's you're going to get some really great matches. You're going to get some really good stuff, right? You're going to have a little, couple of veterans there. Tyler Bate, uh, Apollo Crews, you know, uh, you're going to die Jack. Like you're going to get a bunch of just vets in there who, who can still showcase their stuff, but they're also helping the younger guys, the younger guys and girls who are there, who are also trying to, you know, learn in the game, learn in the ropes, but while on television, which is hard to do. But I think NXT now is doing a great job of developing new stars. So you got you see guys like Carmelo Hayes, who's the champion right now, NXT uh, champion, amazing. Dude's a star. Like, dude is going to be a superstar. But we would have never gotten a guy like him in the old NXT, unfortunately, right? Like, in that old NXT, they didn't build stars. They just acquired the newest star who was on the independent scene. They're like, hey, come over here, and they came over. You know what I mean? Did their thing. Great. But it wasn't any homegrown stars. Where now NXT is about homegrown talent. And they're doing a really good job. Like Carmella Hayes, Grayson Waller, right? Like they got so many. Tiffany Stratton, amazing. Tiffany Stratton is going to be – I'm surprised she didn't get drafted. Like that girl is a superstar, right? Like looks the part and can actually – can suit like really good wrestler. She's new to it. Like she's just a really great athlete who's who's new to wrestling and she's killing it. Does the has the character work, 
understands her character, like all that, Cora Jade, all that. Um, I'm also loving probably my favorite part of NXT, honestly, the tag division, right? Like the Cree brothers love the Cree brothers. Cree brothers are right up my alley. Like, right up my alley. Just two big dudes throwing dudes around. Two big athletic guys, not just big and taking up space, but two dudes who are athletic as hell, who can throw dudes around, but can also climb up to the top rope and jump off and do something special. You know what I mean? So love the Creed brothers, love Gallus, love a bunch of the other. Pretty Deadly was really good. Actually got called up to the main roster. So they'll be on SmackDown, I believe now. So they're going to be a great addition. Uh, But that's what I mean, though, right? Like dudes like... Grayson Waller, pretty deadly. They're going to go to the main roster. And I think the transition now from NXT to WWE main roster isn't going to be as hard because you are homegrown. You got to develop your character. And now you get to keep that character and go into the net, you know, in front of Triple H. You know what I'm saying? Instead of going in front of Vince, who Honestly, Vince doesn't look at anything outside of WWE. He doesn't care about New Japan, anything, right? So I just think the transition will be better for those guys. And I'm really I'm really happy with the NXT product right now. I hate their – I'm glad that they're finally going to, like, bigger arenas to do shows. Um, uh, I just think it really helps, you know, with the product – because right now they're in that, that small little arena and it's not, you know, it's like cool, but that crowd is the same crowd every week. They boo the people they ain't even supposed to be booing. It's just, I don't know. I don't think you're getting an organic crowd response from that little small Tampa, wherever they are, Orlando, I think. They, they have a show in Orlando every week, right? So <laughs> the same people are showing up booing you know they're just they're trying to they're getting bored with the products and then they try to make a fool out of it make up weird chants and it's just trash i I think if nxt was going week to week different places it'd be it'd be cool but also i get it there's a performance center in orlando that the young talent can use to get better that's all that really matters um so really really happy with the product yeah man like I'm tuning in to NXT every week now. And I, I used to not do that. When the change happened, I was like, ah, I'm out. All right. Like when when Keith Lee and Adam Cole and Undisputed Air, like when all those guys were leaving, you know, Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, all those guys, I was like, all right, it's time for me to get up out of here. I think it's time for me to head out, you know? So, but they brought me back and they brought me back with new stars, which I am. That's really hard to do. And so I think they got I think they got some superstars. I think the women's division right now in NXT is loaded. Loaded. They actually lost a few uh girls to the draft, but that should tell you something. That should tell you something right there. In the past, women wrestlers in NXT usually didn't get called up to this volume. You know, one or two maybe, but like there's a, there was a tag team that got called up. Indy Hartwell got called up. The NXT champion got called up. You know what I mean? Indy Hartwell. So just plenty of so much talent. And then there's so much talent that can they replace those girls too. So I'm really happy with the NXT product. Shout out to them. Shout out to 
Uh, if anybody didn't know, Shawn Michaels actually runs NXT now. So he's doing a great job. Doing a great job. Um, okay. Now, to finish up, we're, oh, actually, we're going to talk about Night of Champions. So right now, Night of Champions, it's not built out already. The, the card is kind of, you know, rough draft right now. I think they're going to add some matches to it. I think they're going to add Gunther versus Mustafa Ali. Uh, that's going to be whew, Mustafa Ali. Don't get that ass whipped. But um, so we'll go over the matches that we know are happening. And then, you know, anything that gets announced since then, we'll talk about next episode. But um, so Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia on May 27th. Uh, make sure you check it out on Peacock. Uh, it'll probably be at a random time. We'll have to figure it out since it's overseas. But um, we have the World Heavyweight Championship, which is the new championship I talked about earlier. We have Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. Now, my only issue with this match is, my only issue is that I just wish it was Edge. Like, I really wish it was Seth versus Edge. I think the history there is great. I think I think that you know Seth and Edge had some classic matches back. I think it was 2021, I believe. Uh, like those two have really good history together, and I don't even think it needs to be heel versus babyface. I think it'd just be babyface versus babyface. You know what I mean? Like when you're both going for a vacant title, you don't need a ton of. You know what I mean? We don't need a good guy, bad guy. We just need two, just like Stone Cold versus The Rock. Right. Neither one of them was the bad guy, but we knew that. All right. These are two competitive dudes. Some of the top of their game. They want to go for the championship. That's the story. I don't need good guy, bad guy. Sometimes sometimes I just need. All right. You two people are going for one goal. OK, perfect. That's all I need to know. And in this case, that's what it should be. It should have been edge trying to win the championship before he retires. Edge is supposed to retire this year. And that's at least speculation. But, you know, that's speculation. We'll see. You know, um, he hasn't, like, confirmed, confirmed, but he pretty much, like, alluded to the fact that he wants to retire this year. This is his last year uh, of wrestling. So his motivation of winning the title should be even more. So that would be a great story. Then you have Seth Rollins, who has been one of the biggest stars in the company, but has never been given the belt. Has never been given, like, the green light to be like, hey, Seth, you're the man. I know you're one of the most popular. I know Roman Reigns is, like, the guy right now. But you're like, you're like the, mm, it's a good, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. So, like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like during the time that there was, I guess, more recent. So John Cena, well, I'll say it was more like. So I would say that Roman Reigns is like the Stone Cold or the Rock of his generation. Right. Not necessarily a household name like those guys. Those guys are just, you know, they are who they are. But I would say that Seth Rollins is more the the Shawn Michaels of his generation. He's the, 
in, in 10 to 15 years, kids are going to be growing up and being like, yeah, I used to, uh, my biggest influence was Seth Rollins. You know what I'm saying? That's just, I promise you, that's how it's going to be. And that's how it is for a lot of these wrestlers who are out now. If you ask them, they're like, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is my favorite, favorite wrestler as a kid. And I think that's what Seth is going to be for the next generation. And so just due to his elite skill, he's there every night. He doesn't take time off. He doesn't go to act, doesn't do any of this other stuff. Like, dude just wants to wrestle and put on great shows and great storylines. So I think I'm hoping that he can win this championship and finally get the blessing and finally get the belt. He hasn't won a belt in a long time, like the, the main belt. I think he won the U.S. title earlier this year or late last year. But Seth Rollins is a little bit above that. No disrespect to the U.S. title. I love the mid-card titles, but Seth Rollins is one of them. You know what I'm saying? So he should be either having the belt or fighting for the belt. And uh, the great thing is he's shown his his value. In, like He's been in some great feuds that haven't been for the championship. His, his feud with Cody Rhodes, amazing. He's kind of the main person who helped Cody Rhodes get to the stardom that he is now. You know what I mean? Same thing he did with Edge. That wasn't for the title. That was just a great rivalry. And so there's some there's some wrestlers who are so good that they don't even need a title. And like they their character, their charisma, their every their connection with the crowd, they don't even need a title. They just need someone to go against and they're gonna make it work. You know what I mean? And make it entertaining. And that's how Seth Rollins is. So yeah, Seth versus AJ. I do like AJ Styles, legend, absolute legend. But he's a little old, old, a little old. And I'm just like, I just don't think many people are like, I can't wait to see AJ, AJ Styles with the championship. Like, I just don't, I don't think that many people are asking for that, honestly. I think if you polled people and asked them, would you rather see Seth versus Edge or Seth versus AJ Styles? I think it's going to be majority Seth versus Edge especially if they know that Edge is about to retire. Now, AJ Styles is also about to retire. But, you know, I don't think, I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to lessen someone the end of someone's career, but, but like, AJ been gone for a minute. I'm, I, when he came back, there wasn't a ton of fan, you know, people were like, oh, my God, AJ's back. Like, that, that just didn't happen. You know what I mean? He's a great wrestler, Hall of Fame career. But against if if you're comparing him against what we could have got with Edge, it just isn't it isn't fair. Right. So I'm hoping that Seth wins against AJ, gets the new belt, and then we start to get Seth versus a bunch of different people, a bunch of different suitors on Monday Night Raw for the championship. I think Monday night, the way the draft worked out, I think Monday has a bunch of different guys to go at him with. And it's really good. I think. They have a bunch of young guys like Brunson Reed, a bunch of different guys, you know what I mean, who can, I think, you know, challenge Seth. I think Seth will win, but it'll be fun to see, you know, new talent against Seth, you know what I'm saying? Because Seth is going to win, but Seth is also going to make the new talent look really good. Um, next, we have uh, an interesting one. We have the Bloodline and Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa in the Bloodline versus... Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the undisputed tag team championships. Now, this match, I'll be honest, I'm not 
I'm kind of over these two teams going against each other. I'm kind of over the bloodline versus Sami Zayn thing. I'm kind of over it. Like I need, I need something else. Um, I'm also a little annoyed that it's a controversial statement, but I don't think Kevin Owens and Sami are a great tag team. Like I don't think they're they're an exciting tag team. I think I like them better apart than them together. I thought I would love them together. I always wanted them together, but like. Just, I don't know. Maybe it's the style. Kevin Owens is one of my favorite wrestlers stylistically of out there. Like, Kevin is what every big dude wish they could do. <laughs> like, Kevin is a big guy who out here doing frog splashes, you know, front flips, um, you know, doing Jeff Hardy type moves at 275 pounds, 272, whatever he is, right? He's like a big man's dream of a wrestler, right? And he's super authentic. He could Kevin Owens is the type of wrestler who could fit in in the late 1990s ECW or Attitude Era. He's that good, you know what I mean? And but I, I just don't. I don't know tag team wise. I just don't love him in that in that instance. Also, but I do think the cool thing about this storyline is at least the element they've added to it is. Kevin Owens and Sammy beat the Usos for the championships right at WrestleMania. Great moment. Go check it out. Outstanding environment. Outstanding match. One of the greatest tag team matches I've ever seen. Now, they faced again a couple of weeks ago. Sammy and KO beat them again. And so the Usos are like, damn, like we lost. But most importantly, we failed the Tribal Chief. We, we failed Roman Reigns. And Roman is like pissed at him. Because they already lost the championship, he he gave them another champion, another championship match, their rematch. They lost again, and so Roman's like, "All right, man, y'all, you need y'all need to apologize to me. Like y'all need to apologize for losing the belts and making the bloodline look bad." And it reluctantly, the Usos were like, "We apologize. We do apologize, Tribal Chief. We apologize for you know coming up short." And so Roman's like, "That's fine. Okay." No worries. Apology accepted. But he tells Paul Heyman to tell the Usos what's going to happen. And the Usos are like, all right, cool. We apologize. We have good graces. Cool. All right. All, all, everything's swept under the rug. Roman about to get us another championship match at uh, Night of Champions. We're going to win that thing. We good. And Paul Heyman goes, all right. And Night of Champions, Sami Zayn and Roman, uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens We'll be going against the bloodline for a championship match, tag team championship match. And he says the bloodline, Sammy and KO are like, yeah, that's us. I mean, I mean uh, the Usos are like, yeah, that's us. And then he says, it'll be Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa who are going to basically be the bloodline who are going to go for the tag team championships. And so the Usos are like, wait, wait, what? Like, y'all going to go for the championships that we trying to get back? And basically, Roman is saying to them, like, y'all aren't good enough to do it. I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Ain't seen nobody else to do the job. I got to do it. You know, so. And then he hits him with another, another, like, jab. He's like, I'm going to dedicate this win to the greatest tag team ever. And he shouts out uh, um, the, the Wild Samoans. He's like the greatest tag team ever. The Usos thinking he's gonna shout them out again. 
he disses him again. It's like, I'm a shout, I'm gonna dedicate this match to the Wild Samoans. Now, the Wild Samoans, the Wild Samoan, one of the Wild Samoans is Roman's dad. So it was a cool little tie to his father. That's cool. But we know it's a blatant diss to the Usos because the Usos are way more accomplished than the Wild Samoans. Wild Samoans were amazing, like, like literally underrated. They, they did a lot for the, for the culture uh, and a lot for tag teams. And they went to a bunch of different promotions and did their thing as the Wild Samoans. And they some the real ones. Like there was there was some dudes in the locker room, like in real life, you did not want to play with. <laughs> they did not play. Um, I want to say one of them took like literally took a dude's eye out at a bar one time, but that's another story. But the Usos, like the Usos, are better than the Wasm ones. If we're talking about like all time tag team rankings, so that's kind of the why he used it as a diss to the Samoans. So overall, I mean. Seeing the Roman Reigns is always dope. And it sounds like Night of Champions is going to be like some grandiose. Anytime they, anytime WWE goes to Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, they put on a show. Like they really try to, you know, really try to sell this thing, right? When you're selling your product to an overseas market, you're going to big it up a little bit. You're going to make it sort of the WrestleMania type of it, level of it. Um, so, to have Roman on in the card, that's a big deal. Roman isn't at this point. Roman is not wrestling at every. He wasn't. He didn't even wrestle at Backlash a couple weeks ago in Puerto Rico. So I think it'll be cool. Anytime Roman's there, it's a moment. It's dope to see. But overall, from the match, I'm not expecting much. I think uh, KO and Sammy are going to win. Maybe the Usos cost Roman and, and Solo the match, and that causes further disruption between the relationship and. Eventually, the Usos are kicked out of the bloodline. I'm not sure. But overall, from match quality, not super exciting. Another one I'm not excited about, Cody Rose versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah. No thanks. No thanks. I know some people are excited about it. No thanks. I like Cody. But I think I like Cody with a really good partner. And in this case, I like Brock. But am I like, yo, I got to check out that new that, that Brock match. Like just hit hit the hit the, you know, hit Peacock. I'm good. Like no thanks. You know, it's Brock is who he is for a reason, but it's kind of rinse and repeat. I'm, I'm good. In that match, I mean, I think Cody's gonna win because I think he's then going to turn his sights towards back to Roman. But I don't know and go for those belts. But I, I don't know. I like Cody. Hopefully, I'm surprised, but I'm not expecting much from that match. I'm thinking they're going to do Bianca Belair versus Asuka again, again, for the championship, for the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. I don't know. I'm, if you know me, I'm not an Asuka person. I think she's overrated. I think we give her way too much uh, leeway. She's not. A, she's never been a really good champion other than NXT. And in NXT, she had an undefeated streak, like a Goldberg-style undefeated undefeated streak. And that kind of gave her a sense of, like, importance. But you can't do that on the main roster. Like, not when you have Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Becky – I mean, uh, Bianca Belair, and Rhea Ripley, many others who are extremely viable contenders. You can't have Oscar going out here and just destroying everybody. I just don't think she's on that level. and. 
I mean, she's not as charismatic. She's not a great promo. She's not wrestling, even wrestling. Like, controversially, I don't really usually enjoy her matches. I know that's, I know that's blasphemy to say, but I just don't think Oscar's that great. Um, I think there's plenty of other women out there. Like, I would love to see a Bianca Belair versus Candice LeRae match. Like, that would be amazing, but I don't think they're ever going to give Candice that type of rub. Um, but yeah, I think, again, I think Gunther versus Mustafa Ali will be a match there. Maybe it's United Champions. I'm hoping Austin Theory has to defend his U.S. championship. Uh, maybe versus, like, I don't know, maybe versus L.A. Knight or somebody, you know. I want to see L.A. Knight get a push, by the way. My, my guys are one of the best on the mic. There is really good in the ring. The crowd loves him. Dude is amazing on the microphone. There's no reason, no excuse why he shouldn't get a push. Um, maybe even throw Bobby Lashley in that U.S. title picture. I don't know. But, um, you know, since he's been in it so long. But, yeah, lastly, last thing to finish us out for the day, we're going to go with our top five. Today, we're going to talk about our top five power bombs. Our top five power bombs. So if you know the power bomb, I mean it's a classic wrestling move, right? Uh, I ain't gonna explain it because it's gonna sound crazy with me explaining it. But if you know what a power bomb is, like you know, if you're listening to this podcast, pretty sure you know what a power bomb is. Um so yeah, we're gonna talk about a power bomb. We're gonna talk about top five ones. We're gonna talk about some honorable mentions as well. We're gonna hit on some honorable mentions just to start. I think an honorable mention is um, Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious back in WCW days, even WWE. His was more like a classic, like classic powerbomb. But he, he, you know, he doesn't necessarily follow through. He'll get you up and then just drop you. You know what I mean? There's a lot of guys who like try to slam you through the damn pavement. No, nah, he lets your body weight do the work. You know what I'm saying? And I really like that. And he's like 6'9". So he just looked – I remember watching WCW one night, and I was just like – as a kid, I was like, this dude is scary, phenomenal. Like, he looks like a dude from a Rambo movie or a, turn, or a you know, Rocky movie or something. So Sid Vicious is my first honorable mention. Uh, I'll say Brock Lesnar, early Brock. Like, when Brock used to powerbomb dudes, pick him up again, powerbomb him, then pick him up again, powerbomb him, like – his powerbomb were crazy. And he used to, bro, he did it to a dude with one leg. YouTube it. YouTube, Brock Lesnar beats a one-legged guy. I mean, that was one of the most brutal attacks I've ever seen in my life. Like, he should have got an assault charge for that. Legit. He should be in jail. Um, another one, uh, I will just say, Batista. Batista's an honorable mention for me. To me, you lose points when you when you hit the ground with the power bomb. So what I mean by that is you do the power bomb but you open your legs and you kind of hit the ground as well, right? You're not when you're done with the power bomb, you're not standing over the guy. You lose a little points for me with that, right? I don't like you falling with the power bomb. I don't like that. For some reason or not, it don't look right, especially when you big. This is huge. And he was like slamming Rey Mysterio or whoever and like let him it just didn't look right to me. I'm good. Like, I, I want my powerbomb to be a big dude slamming a dude through the mat and, like, standing over him. It just look, the, the visual effects just look better. So, Batista's an honorable mention. Uh, 
Tyler Bate, who I mentioned earlier, have a match of the week. His is more of a uh, he kind of locks your arms when you're when you're bent over. He like locks your arms, sort of like with the pedigree uh, when Triple H does the pedigree, but he then hits you with the power bomb through the legs, and he also lands when he uh, when he power bombs as well. So he's not only you know he's pinning you uh, when he after you don't execute the move. Um, Another my last honorable mention is Scott Hall. Scott Hall was one of the first guys I ever saw do the like crucifix style power bomb where he lifts you up. His leg, his head isn't in between your legs, but he has you kind of on his back, and his hands are like on your in your armpits, and you're facing the other way, kind of like you look like you're on the cross, and he just slams you on your neck. Looks crazy. Looks crazy. Like yeah, I used to think dude's necks was broken back in WCW days. Like legit. Uh, but Scott Hall, RIP, definitely an honorable mention. All right, now let's get to our top five. At number five, some of you guys may not know this guy, but please just YouTube it. Keith Lee. Keith Lee was one of my favorite wrestlers, 2018, 19, even 20 time. Dude's a big guy. He, uh, again, he does a Batista style powerbomb. However, his powerbomb is amazing because. It, Keith Lee is like, I don't know, 6'2", 6'3", but like 400 pounds. Like a big dude. He's a big athletic dude. He looks like a deep defensive tackle. Big uh, big guy and a uh, black guy representing for the culture. Shout out to him. But his powerbomb, for some reason, when he hit it, it just looked amazing. That's the best looking powerbomb I've seen where they actually like fall with the guy. Um, like put him through their legs. Um, for the pin, it just looked amazing, bro. If you look up his power bomb at Survivor Series, I think it was Survivor Series 2020, and he hit Roman Reigns with the power bomb, bro. I thought it was a wrap. I thought he won the match, and the crowd went crazy when Roman kicked out. But that was an amazing power bomb because he hits you with it. And like usually, when a dude does a power bomb like that, he hits you, you land on your back, cool, one, two, three, cool, whatever. But when Keith Lee does it, he hits you with so much so much momentum, you hit the ground and you like bounce in the air like again. Then you hit the mat and then he finishes you. So he hits you so hard with that finisher that you like bounce in the air. It's a really cool effect. Uh looks really good. Um see so yeah, number five, Keith Lee. Number four, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens has a little different one. Kevin Kevin Owens is uh is a pop-up power bomb. So he'll throw you against the ropes. He'll come, he'll kind of help you, kind of throw you in the air, catch you on his shoulders, and then power bomb you. Cool um, effect. It looks really good, especially when he does it against an athletic guy who kind of get up that high when he does, when he pushes him up in the air. Uh, looks really good. Uh, not many people are doing that power bomb. And one extra points I'll give Kevin Owens is Kevin Owens will power bomb you against anything. <laughs> he was one of the first guys I've seen get a dude on the outside of the ring and like be like near the side of the ring and like at the edge of the ring. He'll pick you up and then power bomb you on the edge of the ring. That joint looked like it's hurt like broke a dude's back. Like good thing looked like it hurts. He'll power bomb you against the barricade. He'll power bomb you against anything. Right. And that's also what I like. He uses the power bomb as a weapon on the outside and not just a finishing move. So that was really cool. Um, number 
So Keith Lee, number five. Kevin Owens, number four. Number three, my guy. My favorite wrestler right now. Probably sneaking into my top ten ever. Maybe even top five. The Ring General, Gunther. Gunther is one of my favorite wrestlers. If you've heard me say it before, I'll say it again a thousand times. My favorite wrestler. Just the dude just beats people up. That's all he wants to do is beat people up and make sure this sport is is sacred and taken seriously. Now, by some of these goofs out here. And his powerbomb is extremely technical. I mean, it is, when you look up, when you, you're about to give a dude, a creative player, the power uh, the powerbomb is their finisher, like the first option. Like, you know, you, you probably got like seven different powerbomb options. Well, the first option, that's the one type of powerbomb he's doing. Extremely uh, basic, extremely vanilla. However, it's just done with such effort and such power. It just looks amazing. Like, especially when he hits you with it and then pins you, like curls you up and pins you, it just looks, it looks like it's over the way he hits you. If some dudes hit a powerbomb, you're like, ah, he might kick out of this. But his powerbombs, you're like, ah, okay, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Turn off the lights, it's over. You know what I mean? And so Gunther, my favorite wrestler right now. Um, so you can definitely check out his power bombs. They all look great. They all look technical, and he does a really good job of like power bomb, power bombing all dudes the same. So no matter if it's a big dude, he'll power bomb the same as he does a dude Rey Mysterio size. You know, so consistency. I got to give him points for that. Number two, Undertaker, uh, the last ride. Now. I used to love when The Undertaker did The Last Ride. I wasn't a huge Tombstone fan. Chokeslam is whatever. A bunch of dudes doing a chokeslam. I mean, a bunch of people doing a power, a power bomb, but not many people are out here giving dudes wedgies on the way down to their last ride. You know what I mean? Undertaker would literally get you up there on his shoulder and would grab your underwear and shove it up your ass and then slam you. <laughs> like, that's disrespectful on a different, you know what I mean, on a different level. You know, and then it always looked good. Dude, I mean, he's not. Undertaker isn't nowhere near seven foot, but he's like six eight. And a six eight dude lifting you even higher in the air to slam you, that's crazy. It looks really good. Um, most of the guys that took their last ride did a really good job of like selling it. So yeah, Undertaker number two. Um, and number one for me, as a WCW guy, this is the first power bomb I saw. Where I was literally scared for people's lives, and that is Kevin Nash with the jack jackknife power the jackknife power bomb, and it literally, if its name, it was very fitting because he was the first guy I ever saw lift a guy up on his shoulders and then just drop him like just there's no follow through, no just flip you up, drop you and. Depending on how big you are, and Kevin Owens is 6'11", like a legit 6'11", played college basketball, really good college, uh, almost went to the league tall, like 6'11", he just lifts you up and just drops you. And that, bro, it'd be times where he'll he'll lift a dude up, dude will be like halfway up, and he'll just drop him, bro, just laying all on the back of their neck, in the back of their head. And I just be like, as a young child, I was just traumatized. 
I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to witness someone dying. I'm going to witness someone be paralyzed. And that's how scary his jackknife was. And so, and he would do it to big dudes. He'd do it to the giant. He'd do it to the Goldberg. He'd do it to anybody. And he's just always scary. I mean, scary for probably the wrong reasons. So I was legit like, all right, these dudes might, might die. But um, he did a really good job of just making it consistent. And the name fit. So you were always like, oh, my God. Like, anytime he got, he, you know, he put him in their legs and he looked around, you were like, oh, yeah, it's about to be a wrap. You get him up real quick. And that's what I like. I like the explosive, you know, get him up on your shoulders. And then he would just drop him. And it was just like, oh, my God. Like, them dudes was coming from a different, like, altitude up there. Um, so, yeah, number one, Kevin Nash, uh, best powerbomb I'd ever seen still to this day. Uh, jackknife powerbomb but yeah folks i appreciate you uh listening in this this has been a wrap on this one uh i appreciate the feedback as well like um i'm new to this solo podcasting game so any feedback is appreciated we'll continue to add things to it we'll continue we'll add some guests you know what i mean i got plenty of friends who hit me up who would love to be on i'm glad to have some people on who really love wrestling you know what I mean? And that's why I want this to be. I want this to be a space where we can appreciate wrestling. Old, new, in between, whatever. You know what I mean? Just have a good time with it. We'll do top five entrances. We'll do top five um, elbow drops. Top five, you know, special hardcore matches or whatever. You know, we'll touch on a bunch of different things. We're going to have fun with it. Uh, we're going to have, you know, a good time. You know, so definitely appreciate everyone tuning in. And this is a wrap. Yeah.